Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. I'm Ana Lopez, sexpert, future doctora, certified sex and life coach, proud Latina, and your go-to guide for all things sex. I'm here to help you kick vergüenza to the curb and teach you to have guilt-free sexual pleasure. Basically, I'm here to help you have mind-blowing sex without all the guilt and shame you learned growing up. Let's be real. La comunidad latina doesn't talk about sex, pero que suerte tienes because this Latina does. It is my vision to have Latinas worldwide discussing sex with one another just like they do with chisme. Así que prepárate. I'm about to change the way you view sex para siempre. Welcome back to another episode of the Sex and Spanglish podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about my story. Now, I'm, I've already talked about my college experience and how I got to where I am today as far as being a sex coach. But today, I am going to be talking about my actual sex life, about how I got to a place where I never have bad sex. I always have fun having sex. I'm able to orgasm regularly. I'm able to squirt regularly. I never am in a place where I'm blaming myself or my partner when and if I don't orgasm. It is more than I could have ever imagined. So I'm going to get into that story. But first, I want to mention that I do mention sexual assault in this episode. I don't go into detail, but I do want to throw that out there before I begin. So with that being said, let's get started. So I first started having sex at the age of 16. Notice that I don't say I lost my virginity. Um, that is a different conversation for a different day. But virginity is a totally made up concept. I try my hardest not to use that word because it means almost nothing because it means so many different things to so many different people. And so I just like to say like I had sex for the first time at 16. Like that's what it was. So anyway, I had sex for the first time at 16 and honestly it was like the best case scenario that I could have imagined. Like I knew a lot about my body, like anatomically speaking, not necessarily like sexual, sexually, I wasn't sure like what I liked, what I didn't like that kind of thing. But I was very aware of my body and it's like functions and parts, which isn't the case for many people. My partner also was very aware of his parts and all the things, right? And so we had a lot of fun together exploring with one another. Um, it was very like mutually respectful. He was totally into pleasing me. I was totally into pleasing him. Like it was really like the best case scenario. And so we, I don't know, had sex for like six months or something. I don't remember. That was a long time ago. But anyways, it was a lot of fun. And I will say that I did not orgasm. And this is kind of where, I hate the word journey, but like where my journey started. <laughs> so um, I didn't orgasm with this person. And, you know, we had sex multiple times over multiple months. And I didn't orgasm. And I wasn't necessarily like upset 
or anything like that, that I couldn't orgasm. But I was like, "Eh, that's interesting. Like I've never orgasmed. Like, you know, I just had it in my mind that I hadn't orgasmed. Now I gave myself three reasons as to why I didn't orgasm. And (laughs) none of these were the case. But the first reason that I assumed I didn't orgasm was because of his penis size. So I'm not going to get into details about his size, but I just assumed it was because of his penis size. And that was kind of like what I had heard, you know, in media and things like that. And so I just assumed that that played a part in it. So I was kind of like blaming him in essence or blaming his penis size. The second reason why I thought that I didn't orgasm was because that maybe I wasn't a person or I was a person that doesn't orgasm, right? I just heard like, oh, well, maybe there are people that don't orgasm and I am one of those people, right? I later learned that that is not the case, right? Um, I truly believe like today, hoy en día, I believe that every person is capable of orgasm in some way or another. Now, the way that looks is different for every individual, but that is another conversation for another day. But anyways, that was my belief at the time. And the third reason that I gave myself was because I had been um, molested as a child that I, that was like playing into it. Like somehow my mind was like not going to allow me to orgasm because of this thing. And that is actually something that I had heard growing up as well. Like this was a secret of, I don't want to say secret, but like I didn't tell anyone, right? So it's not like people were telling me, oh, because you've been through this. But it is something that I heard in media, which is super interesting to me because I can't remember where I heard it, but it is definitely something that I picked up probably in movies or television that like somehow the person that has had some type of, um, you know, sexual abuse or sexual assault happen to them, that somehow their sex life is then impacted, which is often the case, but it doesn't have to be. And again, that is a conversation for another day. But those were the three reasons I gave. So it was penis size, um, that I, you know, was a person that didn't orgasm and because I had some type of um, molestation as a child. So after my initial partner and I kind of parted ways, we broke up, he moved away, whatever, um, I ended up having sex with other people. So I had sex with two other people um, before I got into a long-term relationship, and the sex was not great. I was just like, eh, this is like a totally different experience than what I had with this first person, right? So I was just like, okay, whatever. But I didn't think too much into it because, again, I still had the beliefs that pleasure or orgasm during sex had to do with penis size, had to do with the um, with the woman. Right. Like, oh, I was just a person that didn't orgasm and that it had something to do with my sexual trauma. So I carried those beliefs into um, my sexual experiences with these other two people. So after that, that was just kind of like a one and done type thing. I went and had sex with a long-term partner. So I got into a relationship. We were on and off again for eight years. The relationship was horrendous. It was like horrible, 
ultimately abusive, like not good. But the sex was pretty damn good, right? With this partner, it was the first time I ever experienced orgasm. So I was kind of under the impression that he was the reason for my orgasm, that I had to stay with him or find someone similar in order to have or to continue having amazing sex. And I was under the impression that it was like his skill or like his size, you know, like all of those things that were kind of told growing up. And and even now as adults, right? Like this is like misinformation that we're fed. And I didn't know any better. I was just like, oh, okay, like this is what it is. Like I'm not a person that orgasms, so I might as well stay with the one person that can make me orgasm. So when this person, again, I said we were in an on-again, off-again relationship. So when we are in our off periods for months at a time, I had a ton of mediocre sex with other people. And the more that I had sex, I realized it wasn't this person that I was in a long-term relationship with. It wasn't his penis. It was me. I was my own problem. I didn't know what made me orgasm. I didn't know what was truly like the source of the pleasure, right? I was saying that the source was him or his penis or what he was doing, but it was me the whole damn time. I assumed that it was the oral sex or a specific position, and that was the only way in which I could complete orgasm. But that wasn't the case. So I was giving so much credit to this person when it was amazing, right? Or to anyone. When I was having amazing sex, I was giving so much credit to this person and giving over my authority to like the position, to the type of sex, to what was going on, all of those things. But then I was blaming myself when it was bad, or excuse me, I wasn't blaming myself, (laughs) kind of, but I was mostly blaming that person, right? I was blaming the other person, which is just as bad as blaming myself. And here's why. Because if you are blaming yourself, or um, excuse me, I keep saying blaming myself. Wow, that's interesting. But anyways, if you are blaming another person, You are taking away the authority that you have to create pleasure for yourself. I'm going to say that again. If you are giving, if you are blaming someone else, you are giving away the authority that you have to create pleasure for yourself. Because if it is someone else's fault that you had quote unquote bad sex, then you are not taking accountability for what you did or did not do in in the moment, right? So you always want to take accountability and not in a blaming way. Be like, how did I take part in this, right? Because it was both of y'all in there. It wasn't just him, right? So what were you doing or what were you not doing that was creating this experience for you? And again, not as a way to blame yourself, but to say, oh, how did I show up in a way that contributed to me having bad sex? 
And how can I adjust for that for future experiences, right? Because in that way, you are proving to yourself that you are the creator of the experience, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, not the other person. Now, I want to throw in this caveat here because I know y'all like to think a lot. I'm talking about consensual sex here. So (laughs) we're not bringing in anything else. This is all as it relates to consensual sex. So anyway, back to this experience that I was having. I was blaming my partner when it was bad and I was giving them credit when it was good. It had like I was entirely left out. I was yeah, I was entirely left out of the equation. I was just leaving myself out of the equation. And I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. So during this time, I took the time to get to know my body. Right. So at this point in time, when I had this realization that this is what I was doing, I slowly kind of started separating myself from this long-term partner, and I took the time to get to know my body. I started trying new things, both with myself and with new partners, and even even with that long-term partner that was a shit show, and I was taking mental notes of what I liked, what I didn't like, what my body liked and didn't like, all of those things. I learned to communicate and ask for what I want. And the way I did this was by practicing. I practiced asking for what I wanted once I realized what I wanted. And eventually, I left that relationship and had amazing sex with people outside of that, further proving to to myself that it wasn't that person or that sexual position or that type of sex. It was myself the entire time that created the experiences that I was having, both good, bad, and otherwise. Once I truly embodied the belief that I am the one who creates my own pleasure, I never had bad sex again. Today, hoy en día, I can orgasm, I can squirt, whenever the fuck I choose to. I still enjoy myself even when I don't orgasm, even in the instances where I don't squirt, right? I can still enjoy sex if it's a quickie, if it's super long and passionate, whatever type of sex, I can enjoy myself because I am the creator of my own pleasure. And I don't blame my partner or myself when I don't orgasm or when I don't squirt, right? If I happen to just decide that like, eh, the sex was okay, I'm not blaming myself or my partner, and I recognize that I was the creator of that experience. And just as a form of acknowledgement, not as a form of blame. So in this new phase of my life, uh, in my sex life, I am not blaming anyone. I'm just taking data, making mental notes, and allowing myself to create pleasure for me because that is the only person that can create pleasure. So that is my story about sex. I didn't go into too much detail, but as I was telling the story, I realized there's actually one specific um, uh, sexual experience that I would like to talk about. But that is another story for another day. I will make a note of it. 
Um, so I hope you all enjoyed this. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Sex and Spanglish, and I will talk to you all next week. Hey, mujer, this is your invitation to join La Sinvergüenza Symposium. Redefine what it means to be a sinvergüenza and learn to do the things you enjoy without shitting on yourself. The waitlist is open and ready for your name. The link to join is in the show notes. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, foreskin, dildos, and all the other cochinadas your abuela didn't tell you about. But that's not all. We'll also discuss machismo, Latina metiche, and sexual stories from other Latinas just like you. And if you're ready to start spicing up your sex life tonight, then be sure to download my free ebook, Spice It Up Con La Sex Coach. You can find the link in the show notes. And finally, let's keep in touch. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sex and Spanglish. Be sure to follow me and let me know you heard this episode. Deseándote todo el placer porque el placer es poder.